The summer sun scorched a small town in Utah, but the heat couldn't keep everyone indoors. In one backyard, the weather was cause for celebration as a group of extended family and friends gathered to grill out. People dug into their food and lounged by the pool. But despite the temperature, one girl hung back wearing a thin jacket. She politely declined the barbecue, claiming she was a vegetarian. Though she was smiling, she also seemed on edge, careful to stay far away from the pool. One of her friends noticed and crept up behind her as she chatted with someone else. Unbeknownst to her, he carried a bucket full of water. As he got closer, the girl finally heard him, but it was too late. Just as she spun around, he upended the bucket, sending a torrent of liquid crashing over her. Everyone stopped what they were doing and turned to look. Her friend's laughter quickly stopped as he realized he was the only one amused. Just as he was about to say it was all a prank, the girl screamed. She began to shake violently and dig through her pockets. She asked desperately, has anyone seen my EpiPen? That's when her friend noticed the angry red hives spreading fast across her face and neck, exactly where the water had washed over her. When our bodies fail, we trust doctors to diagnose the problem. But medicine isn't always an exact science. Sometimes it's a guessing game with life or death stakes. This is Medical Mysteries, a ParCast original. I'm Molly. And I'm Richard. Every Tuesday, we'll look at the strangest real-life medical cases in history and the experts who raced against the clock to solve them. As we follow these high-intensity stories, we'll explore medical research that might solve the puzzle. You can find episodes of Medical Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Medical Mysteries for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Medical Mysteries in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. This is our first and only episode on the story of Alexandra Allen, a teenage girl who suffered inexplicable allergic reactions, sometimes breaking out in hives out of nowhere. After years of suffering, Alexandra was diagnosed with a mysterious condition called aquagenic urticaria. Its consequences can be life-threatening. This week, we'll discuss several potential causes of the mysterious aquagenic urticaria and the danger the condition poses to those who suffer from it. We'll also examine what it takes to live with the illness. Alexandra Allen's nightmare first began in 2009 when she was 12. While on vacation with her parents in California, she and her family stayed in a hotel. Like most kids, one of the first things Alexandra wanted to do when they arrived was swim in the hotel pool. Alexandra was a strong swimmer and loved the water. She even wanted to be a marine biologist one day. 
She relished floating in the cold pool and tired herself out jumping around and splashing. A few hours later, she went to bed smiling, excited about the rest of the vacation ahead. But her smile wouldn't last long. Hours later, Alexandra woke up feeling a burning sensation all over her body, like her skin was being rubbed off with sandpaper. She called out in pain, waking up her parents. They rushed to her side. When they flipped on the lamp, they gasped. Their daughter was covered from head to toe in scary red hives. It looked like she was having a severe allergic reaction. Her mother rushed to a pharmacy to get some Benadryl while Alexandra's father tried to soothe her. Alexandra could hardly stand to move and yet had an uncontrollable urge to scratch herself all over. The hives made her skin blotchy and irritated, and the more she tried to ignore the sting, the worse it became. Hives like these, called urticaria, are a form of rash consisting of small red bumps on the skin. They're often caused by allergic reactions or infections, but according to a 2015 medical research paper, in up to half of all reported cases of hives, the underlying cause is unknown. This is partly because there are a number of additional, less common triggers for urticaria. Extreme cold, vibrations, and even stress can all cause a breakout. This was exactly the dilemma Alexandra and her parents faced after that night in the hotel. They had no idea what had led to her reaction and could only assume she was allergic to something around their room. Allergies are caused when the immune system reacts to a usually harmless substance as if it were an extreme danger to the body. For example, when a person with a pollen allergy breathes a particle in, their immune system attacks the pollen as if it were a pathogen. This may cause the individual to sneeze, cough, or get a runny nose. These are the body's attempts to get rid of the pollen, even though it poses no actual threat to the immune system. Different allergies can cause different immune responses. While nasal allergies might cause a patient to sneeze, skin allergies can cause eczema or hives like those Alexandra experienced. These kinds of responses are incredibly common. According to the CDC, in 2015, 8.8 million children in the U.S. were suffering from some kind of skin allergy. And that number is increasing every year. It's not known why, but in the developed world, the percentage of people with allergies is growing at an alarming rate. It's possible the trend can, paradoxically, be linked to an increase in overall hygiene. The theory is that greater overall cleanliness may expose people to fewer infections and thus leave the immune system ill-prepared to react to real threats to the body. Because individuals no longer have as much experience fighting off contagions, the body may lose the ability to distinguish between real and false threats and thus overreact to allergens. Regardless of the cause, Alexandra's parents treated her hives as they would any other allergy, with Benadryl. Over the next couple of days, the rash gradually faded. The family suspected chlorine or some other chemical used to clean the hotel pool had caused Alexandra's reaction, but they couldn't be sure. 
After all, Alexandra had been in pools many times, and she'd never gotten hives before. The family decided to wait and see if the sores would return, and declined to go to the doctor about the condition. Unfortunately, it wasn't the last time Alexandra would break out in hives. Not long after the vacation, her father bought a hot tub. Like the rest of the family, Alexandra tried out the tub, and afterward, the hives came back with a vengeance. Once again, she took some Benadryl, and they slowly disappeared. Benadryl and drugs like it are known as antihistamines because they prevent the action of the compound histamine. This compound is mostly produced in white blood cells and some connective tissue cells. The chemical serves a variety of functions, from helping to regulate the sleep-wake cycle to protecting the body against stress. But a sudden release of histamine can also cause inflammation, itching, and constriction in the throat. Which is exactly what happens after an allergen enters the body and interacts with connective tissue cells. Those containing large amounts of histamine dump the compound into the bloodstream. When histamine is released in this way, it binds to one of several receptors throughout the body. During many allergic reactions, histamines bind to what are known as H1 receptors. The result could be a runny nose, sneezing, or another allergy symptom. Antihistamines like Benadryl bind to those receptors before a histamine can. This results in a less severe allergic reaction. But of course, they only reduce the symptoms of an allergy. They can't treat the underlying condition. After the antihistamine fades, an individual still runs the risk of a reaction the next time they encounter the allergen. It's precisely this recurrence that Alexandra and her parents were worried about. They didn't want her to break out in hives alone or away from anyone who could help. But they couldn't be sure of her safety unless they knew exactly what allergen she needed to avoid. To figure out exactly which chemical was causing the reaction, Alexandra's parents changed the water in the tub and ran a few experiments. Over the next six months, Alexandra tried the hot tub numerous times, all after different chemicals were used to clean the water. Each time, the hives returned. Sometimes they were relatively mild, but in general, they got worse each time. Even more confusing was the fact that the hives always worsened after Alexandra took a shower to rinse the chemicals off her skin. The reactions seemed impossible to predict. The only common denominator was spending time in a pool or hot tub. Eventually, Alexandra's parents decided they weren't making any progress identifying her exact allergy, and they stopped the tests. They'd at least established that Alexandra should be careful around pools and hot tubs. They were sure she could avoid breaking out by staying away from chemically treated water. The search for the allergen was complicated by other changes in 13-year-old Alexandra's life. For years, she had been receiving special education for her dyslexia and ADHD. In 2010, she transitioned into common curriculum classes, and the move required a significant adjustment. In her new setting, she was shy and didn't progress as quickly as some of the other kids. 
The new environment made her anxious, and understandably, the focus on her allergies fell by the wayside. But unfortunately, Alexandra couldn't forget about them for long. About a year after the hot tub tests, 14-year-old Alexandra went camping near the Flaming Gorge Reservoir in Wyoming. The reservoir is known for being very clean, and Alexandra didn't think there could be chemicals in the water, like those in the hot tub or the hotel pool. She swam for hours in the Flaming Gorge Reservoir, but soon after she came out of the water, she felt the familiar sting of the hives emerging. This time was worse than ever before. She begged her family to take her to the hospital, and after some convincing, they rushed her to the ER. Alexandra later said in an interview with The Cut that the car ride was less tense than might be expected. Her family teased her for getting so sick after just a swim in the reservoir. Alexandra tried to laugh along, but it became more difficult by the moment. She hoarsely asked her family to drive a little faster. A couple of those in the car turned to look at her and saw she was gripping her neck as if she were choking. Alexandra's throat had begun closing up. She ached all over. Her skin burned like acid had been thrown on her. She could hardly breathe and couldn't move without wincing from the pain. Her family slowly realized the attack was no laughing matter and sped down the highway. For Alexandra, the sting was unbearable, and soon she was gasping. She made it to the hospital just as she went into life-threatening anaphylactic shock. When we return, Alexandra's life hangs in the balance as she struggles to find the cause of her condition. And now, back to the story. In 2011, 14-year-old Alexandra Allen went camping near the Flaming Gorge Reservoir in Wyoming. On her first day of the trip, she was rushed to the hospital. She'd gone into anaphylactic shock. Anaphylaxis is a severe, sudden allergic reaction that can be fatal. Almost anything can trigger anaphylaxis as it's caused the same way as other allergic reactions. If the immune system identifies a substance like latex, peanuts, or pollen as a threat, it could lead to anaphylactic shock. Like other allergic reactions, antihistamines are often used to treat anaphylaxis, but these are usually used in conjunction with an injection of epinephrine, also known as adrenaline, directly into a muscle. According to allergist Dr. Hemant Sharma, Epinephrine causes the individual's blood vessels to constrict, which can help reduce swelling that may be causing breathing or other problems. It also prevents the release of additional allergic chemicals, stopping the reaction in its tracks. Which is exactly what it did for Alexandra. After the shock subsided, doctors told the 14-year-old that her reaction was so bad it had caused her joints to bleed internally. She was given some topical antihistamine cream to soothe the hives, but the medicine didn't do much. As she laid down to go to bed hours later, she found her hands and feet swollen beyond recognition. The antihistamines didn't seem to be helping at all. Alexandra now had more questions than ever. No one could tell her what was causing the hives. There were too many possibilities. 
she saw countless specialists who likely tested her blood and skin to figure out exactly what was causing her immune system to act up. One of the most common and effective allergy tests is known as a skin prick test. It's a procedure Alexandra likely underwent more than once. In a skin prick test, small needles are coated in suspected allergens like grass, pollen, or food extracts. The patient is then poked with the needles. Within half an hour, the injection sites usually inflame if the individual is allergic to one of the coatings. But there are thousands of potential allergens, and the skin pricks can only test for a couple of dozen at once. If none of the needles are coated with the right substance, it's impossible to figure out what an individual is allergic to. Despite tests like this and many others, doctors were unable to determine what was causing Alexandra's hives. The dermatologist she visited had never seen anything like it. To make matters worse, as the months passed, Alexandra became more sensitive to whatever was causing the rash. She began having reactions more frequently. She sometimes got hives after washing her hands or going outside in the rain. On a few occasions, she had reactions with no discernible exposure to anything unusual. The reactions were seemingly random, and their severity varied from day to day. But as the years went on, eventually the reactions became more predictable and more noticeable. Several times, Alexandra walked out of school because she was so self-conscious about the hives on her arms. Perhaps the most embarrassing incident occurred in 2012 when she was 15 and watching the movie Up with her friends. As she lay back in her seat, Alexandra watched the tragic montage that plays at the beginning of the movie. The scenes made her cry, and she tried to hide her face to avoid being embarrassed in front of her friends. But soon, she had bigger problems. She hadn't been sobbing for long when her eyes began to burn. After a few minutes, she realized with horror that she was having an allergic reaction to her own tears. Eventually, her eyes swelled up so much that she could hardly see out of them. Needless to say, Alexandra never saw the end of Up. She rushed out of the room in embarrassment. She later said that was the last time she ever cried. Her allergies were difficult to deal with for an already awkward teenager. Even before the reactions, Alexandra had felt ostracized in school. She had few friends and thought of herself as a nerd. Coming from a more liberal background, she had trouble connecting with people in conservative Utah. Adding severe and mysterious allergic reactions to the mix was a recipe for disaster. Alexandra struggled for years to figure out what was causing her hives. It wasn't easy. Occasionally, something would cause her to break out one day, and the same trigger would do nothing the next. Sometimes antihistamines would make the hives go away, but often they didn't seem to do much at all. Finally, at the age of 16, Alexandra put the pieces together. She felt like she'd exhausted all other options, and the reactions were gradually getting more predictable as she got older. She finally began to suspect she was somehow allergic to water. She floated the idea to her parents, who dismissed it. 
no one Alexandra spoke to had ever heard of such a thing. After all, if she was allergic to water, how could she drink it? How could she survive given that the human body is 60% water? Alexandra didn't have an answer to those questions. She couldn't even entirely convince herself that water was the problem, but she had no other ideas. While doing some research online, Alexandra had a breakthrough. She read an article about mysterious little-known diseases. One was aquagenic urticaria, and it was described as being like an allergy to water. Alexandra couldn't believe it. She researched the condition further and found many of the symptoms matched her own. She was excited, but tried to rein in her hopes. She was wary of putting too much stock into a random internet article. She took it to a dermatologist who was equally stunned. The dermatologist had never heard of the condition at all. It's not too surprising, given that less than 100 cases of aquagenic urticaria have been reported in all of medical literature. But the dermatologist agreed to look into it. After conferring with another doctor, the dermatologist asked Alexandra some pointed questions about her condition, the symptoms, exposures, any possible trends. Suddenly, everything seemed to fit together. For instance, she always had dry eyes. Now the doctors wondered if that was because her body had reduced its water production in order to avoid irritating the skin on her face. But since there wasn't a common test for aquagenic urticaria, it all seemed like speculation at first. The dermatologist eventually decided on a simple experiment. He soaked a rag in water and pressed it to Alexandra's arm. He then removed the rag and waited, just like he would for a skin prick test. After 20 minutes, hives began to appear, precisely where the rag had been. The doctor could only watch, open-mouthed. No one in the office had ever seen anything like it. As for Alexandra, she wasn't sure how to react. On the one hand, she was overjoyed to finally have a diagnosis. It gave her some measure of control over her situation. It was also vindicating to know that water was the problem, as she'd previously felt silly for believing it. But at the same time, the diagnosis was so unusual, it was isolating. She later said she felt strange and alien, even. She wondered if she would be an outcast, forced to spurn the thing most people considered essential for life. When she got home, Alexandra was surprised to find her family reacted well to the news. They lightly ribbed her, asking if it meant she was the Wicked Witch of the West. Alexandra enjoyed the banter. It made her feel less like a pariah. Now that she finally had a diagnosis, she sought to understand her condition better. But aquagenic urticaria isn't easy to grasp. It's elusive, primarily because it mimics the symptoms of an allergic reaction. But the condition doesn't always trigger histamine release like a standard allergy. Alexandra learned that while it wasn't known what exactly caused her condition, there were several hypotheses. The first, water reacting with sebaceous glands. Normally, these glands excrete a substance called sebum, which serves to waterproof the hair and skin. According to the paper, aquagenic urticaria, 
Contact Sensitivity Reaction to Water by Dr. Walter B. Shelley and Dr. Howard M. Rounsley, aquagenic urticaria could be caused by a defect in the sebum, which might form some kind of toxic substance after reacting with water. If this is true, her cells may have been releasing histamine in response to the substance on Alexandra's skin, causing her hives. In this way, she wouldn't exactly be allergic to water, but rather the compound created when water reacts with her skin sebum. However, some experiments indicate that histamine might not be involved in aquagenic urticaria at all. A 1998 study found that the histamine levels of some people with the condition did not increase when they had a reaction. As the paper Aquagenic Urticaria Diagnostic and Management Challenges points out, it's possible that a rise in the plasma histamine level may not have been sufficiently detected in these patients. Regardless, a histamine-independent mechanism is still conceivable. But such a mechanism would mean that something other than histamine was inducing the hives. There are a few theories, but according to one study, it could be a compound called acetylcholine. Acetylcholine is a chemical released by the nerve cells to activate muscles and other cells. In a paper published in the Journal of American Academy of Dermatology, researchers applied a petroleum ointment that repelled acetylcholine to patients suffering from aquagenic urticaria. They found that the ointment helped to prevent hives from appearing even after contact with water. This suggests that the release of acetylcholine was a key factor in causing the hives. But the authors of the paper acknowledged that histamine and acetylcholine may both be involved. The relationship between the two chemicals is still uncertain. Alexandra's personal experience supports this latter hypothesis, as she'd only had limited success treating herself with antihistamines. When she entered anaphylactic shock during the Flaming Gorge incident, she experienced hives and swollen limbs long after doctors sent her home with antihistamine cream. Even after her diagnosis, Alexandra regularly broke out. Antihistamines sometimes helped to reduce her symptoms, but often did not. But if the hives aren't brought on by histamine, then Dr. Shelley and Dr. Ronsley's theory can't fully explain the condition. So the question becomes, what exactly is the role water plays in aquagenic urticaria? Another possible answer was proposed in 1981. Normally, thanks to waterproof sebum, the skin doesn't absorb much liquid. But according to this hypothesis, people with aquagenic urticaria could absorb water through their hair follicles. In this case, the resulting change in water pressure, with more water inside the skin than outside it, could cause the hives. This theory was supported by a study performed in 2015. The experiment found that one patient experienced urticaria on her legs after plucking out her leg hair and bathing in salt water. Based on that, it does seem that water can be absorbed through hair follicles. But none of these theories have been conclusively proven. For 16-year-old Alexandra in 2013, that meant she couldn't fully understand what was happening to her because the doctors didn't understand it either. 
Even so, she tried to see the positive. Prior to the diagnosis, she worried she could have a wide variety of allergies, preventing her from traveling, trying new foods, or adopting pets. Now she was glad to know that she could get a cat and it wouldn't cause her to break out in hives. But despite her attempts to look on the bright side, Alexandra couldn't ignore the negative, life-changing aspects of her condition. She couldn't go out and have water balloon fights with her friends, or run through the sprinklers, or go down to the neighborhood pool. More than that, she now had to worry about whether she could wash her hands or take a shower. After she was diagnosed, she began to have vivid, recurring nightmares where she drowned. Her condition was slowly dominating her every thought, and Alexandra worried that it would one day take everything from her. Coming up, Alexandra turns her life upside down to deal with her condition. And now, back to the story. In 2013, 16-year-old Alexandra Allen finally got a diagnosis for a condition that had been plaguing her for years, aquagenic urticaria. The disease caused her to break out in hives when her skin was exposed to water. Alexandra was relieved to finally put a name to her condition, but she knew that managing her symptoms wouldn't be easy. She couldn't even begin to imagine how she would stay clean, hydrated, and safe when water was all around her. Sometimes, 16-year-old Alexandra felt tormented by the diagnosis. She dreaded the process to come of adjusting her lifestyle to best avoid outbreaks. She knew she'd have to be more careful than other kids her age and take responsibility for something she couldn't control. Making matters worse, Alexandra was left to navigate her condition on her own. The disease was extremely rare and the exact cause unknown. As a result, there was no cure. Doctors couldn't even offer her tried and true treatment options or advice on how to change her lifestyle. She was left adrift, unsure which steps to take next. Many young people with chronic illnesses struggle with similar issues, and it can have long-lasting consequences. One study performed in Finland in 2017 found that adolescents with chronic disease were more likely to suffer from mental illnesses than physically healthy children their own age. The study analyzed data from a pediatric clinic over a five-year period and discovered that almost 17% of adolescents with chronic illness visited a psychiatric ward later on. That meant these young people were around three times more likely than their healthy counterparts to seek help for mental health problems. As the authors of the study wrote, Adolescents with chronic illnesses face the same developmental challenges as their healthy age mates. However, there is a reciprocal effect. A chronic illness may have an effect on the adolescent's development, and on the other hand, the development itself may affect the illness. Alexandra had the loving support of her family, but there was still much she had to deal with on her own. Alexandra and her parents had to figure out how to proceed through trial and error. Alexandra was forced to do a delicate balancing act to decide which everyday conveniences she could afford to sacrifice 
and how to navigate the outside world while avoiding contact with water. It wasn't easy to turn down her classmates when they invited her to go swimming or camp by a lake. At first, she had trouble explaining to those close to her what was happening. As many people who suffer from chronic illness know, describing the condition to others is rarely simple. It often comes with awkward follow-up questions and requires involved, mentally draining conversations. But as the months and years went on, Alexander was able to craft a lifestyle that worked best for her and her condition. She had to bathe as infrequently as possible and eventually settled on one short shower per week. She also had to get used to using cold water because hot water made her hives worse. But even after a brief rinse, some of her most painful hives were caused by her wet hair rubbing against her back. She decided to cut it short and change her entire look to make things easier. Of course, infrequent showers made it harder for her to stay clean. To help reduce her body odor, Alexandra cut dairy and meat from her diet. She also began taking extensive precautions to avoid getting dirty. For example, she began exercising at night when it was cooler because it meant she was less likely to sweat. Like her tears, Alexandra's perspiration and saliva could irritate her skin and lead to hives. Avoiding dirt also became essential because scrubbing her skin made her hives much worse. Alexandra was forced to stop washing her hands after using the restroom. Instead, she started using hand sanitizer. But even with these precautions, Alexandra's skin got worse over the years until it was almost always red and blotchy. Unfortunately, she found she couldn't use most lotions because of the water content. The same for most cosmetics. As a result, her look changed once again, and Alexandra began solely using powder makeup. Outside the house, rain was one of the biggest dangers. When she traveled to rainy areas, she carried multiple umbrellas with her at all times. During sudden drizzles, she cocooned herself under the umbrellas to ensure none of the water reached her skin. But even that doesn't fully cover the things Alexandra has to worry about on a daily basis, even today. When it isn't raining, she can have reactions simply because there's too much moisture in the air. The problem can become severe. After high school, Alexandra visited Cambodia and found herself nearly immobilized by the humidity. It caused her to sweat and break out constantly. At the time, she was taking medication every day, but she still couldn't keep the hives under control. These kinds of incidents are especially frightening because aquagenic urticaria is a progressive condition. It gets worse over time. And with every reaction Alexandra has, there's a chance her next one will be much more serious. When combined with the fact that there is little medical literature about aquagenic urticaria, it suggests a bleak future. Since it's a skin condition, doctors believe it shouldn't affect Alexandra's ability to drink water. But because the lining of the esophagus is similar to skin cells, it's possible it could one day make her throat swell shut. According to Alexandra, she once met an older woman who suffered from the same disease. 
The woman told Alexandra she'd been forced to stop drinking water because of how it irritated her throat. She exclusively drank Diet Coke instead. Even if this isn't a likely scenario for Alexandra, the fear has impacted her life and future plans. She stated that she's nearly always dehydrated because she's afraid of drinking too much water and having a reaction. With these types of unsettling thoughts and the vigilance required to constantly be on the lookout for water, Alexandra has to deal with an overwhelming amount of stress. Nearly all aspects of her life are informed by her condition, and the normal pressures that come with growing up have been even further complicated. For example, Alexandra finds it difficult to get to know other people and go on dates. As she detailed in an interview with The Cut, other medical conditions you probably wouldn't mention until the third or fourth date, but this is something you should probably be upfront about, right? <laughs> Yo, if it starts pouring rain or if we fall in a river, just know I'm going to turn into a zombie witch-looking thing. A good sense of humor about her situation has kept Alexandra positive, as has the support of her family. After graduating high school, Alexandra attended college and continues to live life on her own terms where she can. Throughout her struggle with her illness, she's managed to adapt and persevere despite considerable obstacles. Hopefully soon, researchers can find the true cause of aquagenic urticaria. With that knowledge, Alexandra might be able to reclaim the parts of her life she's lost, and the mystery can finally be laid to rest. Thanks for listening to Medical Mysteries. For more information on aquagenic urticaria, amongst the many sources we used, we found the Cuts article, What's It Like to Be Allergic to Water?, extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Medical Mysteries and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Medical Mysteries, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Medical Mysteries on Spotify, just open the app and type Medical Mysteries in the search bar. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll see you next time. Medical Mysteries was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler. Sound designed by Dick Schroeder with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Travis Clark, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Medical Mysteries was written by Terrell Wells with writing assistance by Kate Gallagher and stars Molly Brandenburg and Richard Rossner. Thank you.